The homes are selling faster and buyers have to compete with each other. Sellers, they can raise their asking price and buyers really don't have that much power to negotiate. So my tips, if you're buying in the seller's market, you got to ask fast. Hey y'all, welcome back to Wish I Knew Podcast, a one-stop shop of all of the learning you need in adulthood that you probably weren't taught. Whether it's learning to become more financially literate, maintaining or starting a healthier lifestyle, or you wonder how to buy a home, we have you covered. Today, we're going to talk about the process of buying a home, especially for first-time home buyers like myself. You know, the real estate market is a little crazy right now. We have an expert here to discuss what crazy means in terms of the real estate market. So I'd like to introduce Elizabeth Fan, a realtor. Hi there. Okay. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? <laughs> I am good. Good. It's really Where's hot it? right now. Texas weather. It's really hot to be showing houses, but hey, we're going to do it. We're making it. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you here, especially me, because, you know, I think our listeners by now already know that I am military associated and I won't be forever. So um, with that being said, our transition to move back to Texas is near and we are ready to buy a home. So obviously, I'm super confused. It is my first time. It's also my husband's first time. Maria, do you have any knowledge in regards to purchasing a home? I don't. I, uh, you know, it's definitely in the, in the near future, not so near probably though, um, with how the market is. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to just pick Elizabeth's brain and, uh, kind of have an insight to what it really looks like on that end. Well, let's get started. Okay. So Elizabeth, tell us about yourself. How did you get into real estate? What do we need to know? Yeah, so I was working in the corporate world for about four years. I was doing e-commerce, merchandising, marketing. And at the end of that four years, I just felt like I got tired of going into the office, um, working for someone else, doing what they need to do to make them successful. And I knew there was always a drive in me to branch off, be an entrepreneur, and make my own money and be my own boss. And so when my fiance was buying his home, I saw that process and I was kind of in sales too, um, a smaller scale, I was selling liquor. <laughs> so I just thought, you know, with my personality and my experience, why not combine that and put that into real estate? Uh, we're not in the business of just selling homes, but you're in the business of relationships. And so, I didn't really think about it. I just kind of went all in. I bought my courses. It was about a thousand bucks and I passed on my first try. Here I am a full-time agent. I uh, quit my job a few months ago to become full-time because I felt like I really could immerse myself in this industry and be the best I can for my clients. How do you like it so far? I love it. Um, every single day I'm working on myself, working on Becoming better for my clients, a lot of training, um, not just from what your brokerage gives you, but YouTube, reading books, 
And it's really challenging right now. I'm not going to lie. Entering this market, this is something kind of, it's like unfamiliar territory, even for seasoned agents. We sell, it's a seller's market and sellers are demanding a lot. So we're really having to get creative on how we put in our offers as well as gaining more customers because there's people that are scared and then there's people that are completely ready to go. But now it's like, how do you differentiate differentiate yourself between all the other agents that are entering the industry as well? Yeah, you make a great, great point there. Can you tell us a little bit more about what does a seller's market really mean? So a seller's market, it means that there's a demand that exceeds supply and for a buyer's market, it's vice versa. Right now, since there are fewer homes available, sellers are at an advantage. The homes are selling faster and buyers have to compete with each other. Sellers, they can raise their asking price and buyers really don't have that much power to negotiate. So my tips, if you're buying in the seller's market, you got to ask fast. You need to get pre-approved ahead of time so all your finances are in order. Secure your decision to make an offer because if you take too long weighing the pros and cons, the home's not going to be there. There, It'll be no longer available. And then really accept the fact that you're at a disadvantage. It's not the time to push contingencies, concessions, and specific closing dates or repairs. Uh, You just need to focus on what's really important to you. And if there are certain stipulations you want to add into your contract, really think long and hard. And is it even worth it losing the property? So if you can make an all cash offer, crossing fingers, um, you should really, you should do it. And really just be patient. Uh, I've had a couple buyers who told me that they just don't want to buy right now anymore. Uh, It was like we were in a few months and they just got buyer fatigue. And it's completely understandable. It's really tough going out to all these showings. And now we're in summer, this Texas weather. Like this week, the weather's supposed to be at least in the three digits. It's hard. And then to get rejected constantly. Um, so it's draining and to make a bunch of offers, but you just got to stay patient. Don't get discouraged and also just don't settle. I've heard of some people putting an offer on a house that they probably would never have done it before, but they just really got tired of losing out. So again, be patient. If you really truly feel like the market's not for you, it's not for you. We can reassess in the next few months. So you mentioned making sure you get pre-approved. Can you kind of like elaborate, like what are the qualifications for that? So getting pre-approved, unlike being pre-qualified, it means that the lender has approved you for a specific loan amount. They've looked at all your financial information, such as W-2s, your bank statements and credit score, just debt to income ratio. And when you are pre-approved, you'll get a letter that just makes you a much more qualified and competitive buyer if you were to enter a multiple offer situation. Pre-qualified, it's just an estimate. They'll just kind of look at what's above the surface, but they don't really dig deep into your finances. I like that you mentioned don't settle because for me, I feel like if I were to keep losing whatever house I could get, whatever amount it it would be to that ending point of feeling like that, I would just probably buy. And honestly, like, what would you tell 
people like me who are at that point to realize it's okay to say no. I would look back into your finances and really draw the line of where you are comfortable. Because a lot of people, they make split second decisions. They'll tell you one thing and then they'll change it within the next hour or day. So really look into your finances. If you are moving with a spouse, discuss both of y'all's together and discuss your future goals and what you want to do. If a house is your future goal, great. But is there other things that you need to pay for? And putting an offer over your initial limit, you know, you got to see where you need to draw that line. And I know a lot of realtors out here are saying, like, don't rent, like you're just throwing away money. But sometimes you might need to, you know, and if you're moving from another state and you're not 100% sure where you want to go, research doesn't just take a day. It takes a long time. So move here into an apartment. That's totally fine. Get to see and explore other neighborhoods. What, at least is about a year. A year is not that long, honestly. Just take the time and to think about it. And then you can enter back in. I appreciate that because, you know, I'm coming back to Texas. Yeah. It's been four years or almost. And it just. A lot has changed in the four years. Yeah. A lot has changed. Like we went back home just recently and we drove around Fort Worth, Arlington, Mansfield area, even in Dallas, things, things are constantly changing. And then you realize, wait, if I want to buy a home, I don't even know what market I want to buy in or what neighborhood. So I like that you mentioned really just renting is, is a good option, right? It's an option. So I like that. Yeah. For validating that. You need shelter. So renting is not bad. It, it sucks because you're not really gaining equity, but one of what Maslow's hierarchy is you need shelter, <laughs> need a place to live. Makes sense. So tell us about any benefits that there are for first time home buyers um, in terms of maybe like a, a lower interest rate or um, just all the benefits that you can get if you're buying a home for the very first time. Uh, there are some grant programs for first time home buyers available in Texas cities and counties. So these programs they could provide down payment, closing cost assistance in a variety of forms, including grants, zero interest loans, and deferred payment loans. I'll share three to name a few, but there's a lot that you'll need to research too. But for first-time home buyers, you have the Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs, so TDHCA. They offer the My First Texas Home Program, which is a 30-year mortgage with a low interest rate and up to 5% interest-free down payment assistance. You can obtain an FHA loan, VA, or USDA loan through that program. And the assistance must be repaid when you sell your home or refinance or pay off your mortgage. And these funds are then reused to help other home buyers. And if you're, you could be eligible for the program with a credit score for as low as 620, but you also must meet the program's income and purchase price requirements, which vary based on county. And you must also take a home buyer education course, which is available for free through the Texas Home Buyer U. And this program is available to veterans as well as first time buyers or those who haven't owned a home in the past three years. 
Another one is the Texas State Affordable Housing Corporation, TSAHC, and they're a public body that operates statewide. It can help you set up a loan and provide advice and first-time homebuyer education courses. And this program has two major homebuyer assistant programs. One is Homes for Texas Heroes Home Loan Program, which is a fixed rate mortgage program for teachers, firefighters, EMS personnel, police officers, correctional officers, and veterans. And Home Sweet Texas Home Loan Program, it's a fixed rate mortgage program for Texas home buyers with low and moderate incomes for the area or county they live in. But uh, my advice is I would highly recommend you speak with the lender about this and understand all the costs associated with assistance. All these are Texas um, mm -hmm. benefits, right? Okay, so for those of you that are, you know, obviously out of state like myself, who would we talk to to figure out the benefits for their particular location? You would talk to your realtor a lender, and also just research on first-time homebuyer sites in that state. Um, the realtor may not know everything. There's, like I said, there's a lot, and that has to do with finances. And while we know, we only know so much as the lender would give us, but you would be speaking with somebody who has that financial experience. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Elizabeth, so what are some questions that you should ask your potential realtor? Um, is it something that you want to make sure that um, y'all are in tune with? Um, do you just go with any realtor? Should you, how do you go about searching for them? How does that work? What's your uh, recommendation on that? So I would not just go to any realtor. Um, it's like you wouldn't just go to any school or work with any doctor, right? Because right. so far my, of my time being in industry, there are some mean people out there. They would like don't answer your phone calls or they just kind of give you like the one word text. And you want somebody who is communicative and respectable, more so empathetic because when you're in real estate, you're dealing with people from all walks of life. So one thing, um, this is an important question to ask, but it just depends on what is more important to you because I started an industry as a part-time agent and I understand that some people are like, do you want somebody to work part-time for you? But you know, the client, they also have a job. So maybe that part-time agent works best for their schedule, but you can definitely ask, are you a full-time agent or a part-time agent? One thing to mention though is with full-time agents, if we are, since we are in a very hot market, you need somebody who can be out there on the scene like today or tomorrow morning. And obviously sometimes with part-time agents, it's a little tough, but there's agents out there that are killing it part-time. Um, another one is how many clients are, have they helped? So this would help demonstrate what type of experience the agent has compared to how many years you've been in the business. Cause you can be in it for like 10 years, but only helped five people compared to people who have been in it for three years they helped a ton of people. And then how many clients are they currently working with? So this is another great question to ask because if they're, if you feel that they're helping too many clients personally and you feel that they may not have time for you, consider that. And then lastly, or actually there's two more. What separates you from your competition? So there are plenty of agents out there. And there's actually a ton. And I noticed a lot of people have um, joined 
the real estate industry as of recent. And you want to just know like what makes them stand out, listen to how they're answering that question and think about the characteristics and qualifications of that agent where you, the buyer or seller values the most. And the last one is pretty important is what if I'm unhappy with your service? Because a lot of times agents, they request you to sign an exclusive representation agreement. That just means that you're going to work with that uh, agent for your buying or selling needs exclusively. And don't, don't be nervous because it can be terminated if you feel like it is not the best fit between you guys. So you just want to see how they answer that question. If it, if you, if it sounds like they, they're like, no, why would you do that? Or no, you need to work with me until our term is over. That's probably not the right agent for you. You shouldn't feel pressured. But asking this question gives them the opportunity to discuss what may need to happen or what they need to change in order to leave the exclusive contract you sign. And then um, if it is something that you feel like could be fixed, let them know. They That agent should be totally understandable as to why y'all might not be a good fit for each other because at the end of the day it's what's best for you and it's what's best for the agent's mental health (laughs) especially in this market (laughs) one of the things that I always hear is you need to know your market right so as a first time home buyer I'm doing all this research I'm listening to podcasts, I'm learning from friends and family, and consistently across the board, I've been told I need to know my market. Obviously, I don't have access to all the websites that you do because you are a realtor and you have updated information for what houses or when houses get on the market and et cetera. How would someone in general go about looking for houses so you have your apps and the websites um the real estate listing companies which would be zillow redfin trulia to name a few i know a lot of agents don't like that like zillow but they don't like it because it gives like crazy uh estimates but in terms of seeing what is on the market zillow's been pretty fast i think redfin's a little bit more up to date compared to our multiple listing services, the MLS for the agent side, but use those. I have clients who are using those in the homes that they're sending me. They literally just got on the market. Um, You can use Yelp if you are concerned about like what foods around that area. Cause I know for one of my clients, she likes to go out to eat. So if she's going to move somewhere, it needs to have some decent restaurants (laughs) and then nightlife. It's easy to find out what kind of nightlifes are in certain cities. Just research. Google is your friend. And Google reviews to me is much more accurate than a lot of these review services. Like I know Yelp is cool, but you'll be seeing like some of the Yelp profiles, they're a Yelp or like a a hundred reviews already and they like receive something out of it. I think Google reviews is more authentic. And also really, Joining those Facebook market group or Facebook groups, those have been so helpful in anything. I've joined a few, not just for real estate, but just for life. Um, and people are so brutally honest. It's, I like that. You can literally ask them, what are the best places to eat? What do y'all think about the school district? 
and people will be will tell you everything you need to know. Wow, those are really, really great points. And um, okay, I had a question about how do homes get on Zillow versus Redfin? Um, and how is that different from what can be seen on y'all's MLSs? Yes. So the MLS, <laughs> multiple listing services, when you put a house on that, that should spit it out to all those other uh, websites. But okay. I feel like it spits out to Redfin faster. Um, Zillow may take some time, you know, technology it needs to travel from the MLS to that website, but that's how it usually gets on. But you get the offer first because you have access to the MLS, right? Is that yes, how it works? I will see it. Mm-hmm. I see. And plus with being in, um, in your brokerage, a lot of times agents would be like, Hey, I'm about to put this up now. You have, you have that word of mouth right there. And then you can easily check that up like right then and there. Elizabeth, so what are some tips for first time home buyers? My three main tips would be one, save your coins. They're like the main cost to consider when buying a home would be your down payment, your closing cost, and move in expenses. For your down payment, it could be as little as 3% or up to 20%, but it just depends on the type of mortgage loan you choose or mortgage you choose in your lender. And closing costs run about two to 5% of the loan amount. And you can ask the seller to pay a portion of your closing costs if we were in a normal market. But right now, don't, don't even ask anything. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, your moving expenses. Um, so those are after home purchases, such as immediate repairs, upgrades, and you need some kind of furniture. Like, come on. <laughs> and that's, furniture is not cheap. I know because I'm in the process of buying furniture and my, my fridge has not come in yet. You also have to know that there is a shortage in almost everything and anything right now. So consider that as well. Uh, secondly, I had mentioned again, get pre-approved, not pre-qualified, how, give your lender every single document that they need like, pretty quickly. Cause you want to be pre-approved soon so you can go out there and, put an offer on a house like that. And then check and strengthen your credit. So your credit score will determine whether you qualify for a mortgage and affect the interest rates lenders will offer. This is not the time to open a new line of credit because that will definitely hurt you. Don't buy a new car. Don't buy anything over $500, honestly. But to strengthen your credit, I would get free copies of your credit reports and that way you can dispute any errors or any errors that could hurt your score, pay all your bills on time and keep credit card balances low and keep your current credit cards open. So closing your card will increase the portion of available credit you use, which can lower your score. Oh my gosh. I love that. That was so much information. Okay. When I buy a house, I'm going to have to re-listen to this whole um, podcast. <laughs> Same. I do like... have, yeah, I have a buyer's handbook and I basically created this myself on what I felt was most important during the home buying process. So I can definitely send you guys that. And we will attach that to the show notes. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else yeah. that you want to share, Elizabeth? Any other things that we may have missed in our questions? No, no. I think that is everything, at least in summary. 
Um, okay. Yeah. So if there are potential listeners that have questions and are wanting to reach out to you, how can they do so? You can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Just know that um, with real estate in Instagram, I feel like you're the agent that is out there in video, they're going to provide you with the most information as possible. How, how do we find you on Instagram? What's your what handle? Elizabeth, Elizabeth fan dot re. And on Facebook, you can find me at Elizabeth fan real estate. Perfect. If you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area, go ahead and reach out to Elizabeth with any questions. I think she's grand at her job. Her Instagram will tell you all. Let us know what you think by commenting, liking, and sharing your story. Please follow us on Wish I Knew Pod on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to reach out to us individually, my Instagram handle is at Maria Palaez. And my handle is at simply.sn. Bye. Thank you.